Good morning. We are ready to return to the book of Philippians in chapter 3 at verse 17. Philippians chapter 3, 17 through 21. Three things are combined we will observe in this passage. Admonition, awareness, assurance. You will see that as soon as we read. We're going to do that now in Philippians 3, 17 through 21. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Three things are combined here. Admonition, to walk according to the example given through the apostles. Awareness, that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. They're good people, but there are some you need to be aware of who are enemies of the cross of Christ. And assurance, that their end is destruction. But for followers of Christ, a glorious transition is promised. Beginning with verse 17, when Paul says, join in imitating me, context tells us plainly he's not setting himself up as an authority. Rather, he is the dispenser and a participant in the example given by the authority. Now, let me be sure I state that right, and you have another, another opportunity to hear this. Paul is not saying, follow me, I'm in charge. Rather, Paul is the dispenser of the example from heaven and a participant in that way of life. We must remember what is said in the very first verse of Philippians, that Paul is a servant of Jesus Christ. Christ is the authority, but Christ is using Paul to convey to people the message, the example, the way of life. Paul is a personal participant in that way of life that Christ conveys through him to us. So in that sense, he can say to Christians at Philippi, join in imitating me. That's an admonition to follow the pattern Christ has revealed through the apostles. It applies to us if we are followers of Christ. There is for us on the pages of the New Testament a pattern to follow. The admonition has present application in every aspect of my personal life and in every aspect of our collective work together, what we read 
on the pages of the New Testament must be our model. But as we become engaged in following the pattern, we must be aware of what's happening around us. While there are good people around us and associated with us in the faith, Paul says, keep your eyes on those who walk in a different sort of way, enemies of the cross of Christ. Around us, there are people who are following the pattern but there are people who are not only not following the pattern, they're enemies of the cross of Christ. Therefore, as I follow the pattern God has given through Christ and the apostles, I must be aware that some are with me, but some are not enemies of the cross. Now, consider what that's about. This is not about being against a piece of lumber. The expression cross of Christ means his death and the message proclaimed from that event. There are some who are opposed to that truth and responding to that truth. Likely the same ones who are earlier called dogs back in verse 2. The Philippians were committed Christians. Outside of Philippi, in other places, there were committed Christians. But Paul wanted his brethren to be aware, not everybody's committed to this way. There are many who walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. They are opposed to all that the cross of Christ means. The preaching of the cross, they do not receive. False teachers, persecutors of God's people, men who advance a human religious agenda are the dogs, the enemies of the cross. The idea here is, as you gladly obey the admonition to follow the right pattern, be well aware they're enemies of the cross of Christ. The lesson for us today is just as written here. We do well to continue to follow the New Testament pattern. But as we do, there is this awareness we ought to take into every day that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. There will always be people in churches sometimes, but usually outside, who are not inclined to live within the revealed apostolic pattern. Uh, they, they might not say it, but through their actions and reactions and interaction or inaction. They tell us they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their lives and their teaching are not aligned with the cross and the message that came from that event. Paul wants Christians to be aware of that. And obviously, to be on the alert of these dangerous influences. Now, don't let statements like this cause you to be suspicious of everyone automatically, but be aware of this reality of people in society and perhaps close to us who are enemies of the cross of Christ. In verse 18, don't overlook this phrase, even with tears. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. So 
verse 18 is not like, oh, also, by the way, you might want to make a note of this. No, it hurts Paul to write about people being enemies of the cross. It should hurt us that the Savior we adore and obey is opposed, ignored, spoken against. Well, we have assurance that these enemies will be ultimately defeated in verse 19. Their end is destruction. Let's stop there and take a minute. To put this crudely, concerning those who are enemies of the cross, they won't get away with it. Now, note that word destruction. That is by no means the same as annihilation. It does not mean they will cease to exist. On the contrary, it means everlasting punishment described in Matthew 25, 46. This destruction is an everlasting destruction away from the presence of the Lord, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 9. There will not be a good outcome for enemies of the cross. Their destruction will come to pass. As described in these passages, Matthew 25, 46, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 9. After that, Paul wants us to be aware of these enemies, so he describes them in three vivid phrases. Their God is their belly. That means appetite is their driving force. This is parallel to what Paul wrote in Romans 16, 18. He warned Christians in Rome about false teachers who were not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. One man said, these enemies of the cross are out to fill their belly with whatever, whatever pleases them. Again, we are reminded of Paul's warning earlier in chapter 4 about the dogs. They glory in their shame. Have you ever been around someone who loves to brag about how bad they are? When I was in high school, that was fashionable, to brag about how bad you were, what a rebel you were, the outrageous things that you did. We associate that with juvenile behavior. Paul says these dogs, these enemies of the cross, gloried in their shame. He wants Christians to be aware of that. Then he said they set their mind on earthly things. Christians have a heavenly focus. We set our minds on pleasing God and going to heaven. These men, we need to watch out for, have an earthly frame of reference, earthly and appetite-driven. The call to higher things they shun. They have an obsession with this life, this world, this appetite, their agenda, though it is contrary to the truth of the cross. But as for us, as for those who are following the pattern given by Christ through Paul, those who are involved in that imitation concept, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We live here on earth for a while, but our citizenship is in heaven. 
We have earthly responsibilities and activities, but our citizenship is in heaven. We have interests and relationships here on earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. So we are in a waiting mode. We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We await a Savior, and when he comes, <clears throat> here is the assurance that we have. He will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. These bodies we have now, these earthly tabernacles, subject to injury and age and disease and attack, Christians have assurance. These earthly bodies with their maladies are not permanent. The glorious bodies we will have in heaven will not be subject to injury, age, disease, or attack. And the power that will make that possible is the power of Christ exerted in favor of his people, for he is able even to subject all things to himself. So Philippians 3, 17 through 21 we are admonished to be imitators and participants in the pattern delivered by Paul. We need to be aware of the reality there are enemies of the cross. We have the assurance that our citizenship will take us to heaven with glorified bodies for God's faithful. Wrap-ups. A primary admonition for us in this passage is walk according to the example given. Don't let anyone tell you the Bible doesn't teach us by example or pattern. Remember passages like this that have such clarity. Christ, through the apostles, delivered a pattern for us, an example, and we are to be imitators and participants in that. Awareness. This says, keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And this implies we must keep our eyes and minds on heavenly things. This awareness should be taken with us into every day. The assurance of this passage becomes the motivation. We await a Savior. And when he comes, it will be an amazing, beautiful experience for his people. We have that to look forward to, no matter what kind of pain and loss may come our way here. I have a couple of final thoughts about chapter 3. Looking back into chapter 3, a Christian's joy can be cultivated and maintained even in time of great difficulty. There is earlier in the chapter the value of review. The Christian has not truly arrived until he arrives in glory, not only mulling over past failures, but also gloating over past successes, is an enemy of spiritual progress.
Philippians chapter 4 next time. Thank you for listening. Press on toward the goal.